Sego, Sewaguego. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to our Yohate Negasuna, The Road to Your Name podcast, focusing on Haudenosaunee cultural topics recorded on Haudenosaunee territory. Our podcasts are produced by Aboriginal Legal Services with the technical assistance of True Seed Media. My name is Lisa Venevery from the Mohawk Nation and the Wolf Clan. I'm the coordinator of the Yohate Negasuna, the Road to Your Name program, and the host of the podcast. This is the Yohate Negasuna, the Road to Your Name podcast series. Welcome to this episode of Yohate Negasuna, the Road to Your Name podcast. On today's episode, we're very fortunate to have long-distance guest via the internet, and he's way out in the West Coast, but he's from Six Nations of the Grand River. We have with us Murray Porter. Say go, Murray. Say go. It's going to go. <laughs> oh, everything's so great here. How's everything out West? Well, it's cloudy, <laughs> but every, otherwise it's oh, like 10 degrees over here. Oh, okay. So it's pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's going to be on the weekend in the teens. Oh, yeah. It's going to be it's going to be warm here, too, it, like in a couple days. Yeah, oh, cool. Very nice. So what have you been up to? Like, like introduce yourself a little bit further i know you're an award-winning musician and you've been a musician all of your life how just introduce yourself a little bit more to the all listeners right. my name is murray stephen porter i'm a mohawk turtle clan from the six nations of the grand river territory now living on the squamish nation territory in British Columbia. So I moved from one res to another res, which is cool. And they have a high rise on their territory. And I luckily ended up in the penthouse of the high rise in Squamish Nation. Wow. How long have you lived there? 15 years. 17. 17, <laughs> Elaine said. 17 years. She's my fact checker. <laughs> Elaine's my, right here. She tells me what to say. Oh, yeah. Tell like oh. a teleprompter. Yeah. Yeah, we've done we did a podcast with Elaine which will air in this season 2, season 5. It's great to have had you both on on season 5. Yeah, cool. So, I know you've been a musician all of your life, yep. and I know that because you and I went to school together. Exactly. I was yeah, telling Elaine that we went to high school together. We went to grade 7 and grade 8. That's right, too. At J at JC Hill, and uh, I remember that one year we had a graduation party, and you put on the graduation party, and you were the entertainment for our graduation party. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, because I arranged it. I arranged it. I put myself as a headliner. You know how it goes. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, that was really neat. So you, way back then, you've been playing music since that time. And are you? Yeah. how did you get to um, become a musician? Did you always want to be a musician? I think I always did. As soon as I could, I loved music so much. And uh, I got my mom to give me guitar lessons because I, I thought I could play guitar. But I got these short, stubby fingers that don't work on guitar. So what I did was, my mom bought a piano for my sister to play. And I could hear it struggling, trying to play the notes. She'd go, da 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 You know, I'd go down there and do it. She got frustrated, and she quit altogether. So then the piano became mine. So what I did was I took the notes of the car, the chords that I learned, and I found the notes on the piano keys, each of the chords that I knew, and then I could see a pattern to it. And then I said, oh, okay, this is, there's only 12 notes. Can't go that bad. And I just taught myself. And, and did it come quickly to you? Actually, it did, yeah. It did, um, because I had this burning desire to play music. I really wanted to play music because I had, I don't know, somehow was in me. And my dad doesn't play, and my mom doesn't play, and nobody else plays in my family except me. But it was my grandmother was a piano player in the church. Oh, yeah. And so maybe I, I skipped a generation, and she her talent came over to me. So what kind of music did you gravitate toward at the beginning? Well, she was doing church music, mm -hmm. gospel. She was a, a member of the Pentecostal church, and they were very vocal people. And they, they'd, they'd jump up and go, Hallelujah! <laughs> Praise the Lord! It scared the crap out of me. And my, I told my dad, I said, Dad, that's scary up there. I don't want to go there anymore. He said, okay, you don't have to. And so I didn't. My dad was very cool like that. He said, no, if you don't want to go, then don't go. So that's how I, uh, I first learned music from my grandmother. And then I just, I don't know, somehow made it my own somewhere. I don't know. Yeah. I just don't know. It's, it's a mystery to me as well. Yeah. Did you start out um, writing songs early on? Yep. yep. Right away I had, I had started to uh, write. I think my first song I wrote was in 1980. It was called Baby or My Good Thing, and it's still one of my favorite. I get requested everywhere I go. It plays at weddings, bar mitzvahs, I don't know. It's just a simple song, but people seem to love it. Oh, yeah. Um, so you gravitated more towards blues music? or Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, blues music mostly, yeah. What was it about blues music that you loved? Well, the blues, it's, it always talks about, people think it's all about crying and belly aching and whining, but it's not. It's the opposite. You get your blues up, you get your happy back. You get you sing about your blues, and then you get rid of them. And that's what blues is really like. And it's a happy thing. You sing the blues so you can get rid of your blues, and you be happy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've never heard it put that way before. Makes sense. Yeah, it does, really. <laughs> and so who really influenced you musically when you were growing up? Well, the first guy I ever heard sing the blues was Mr. B.B. King. And late night on AM radio, you could get in Ontario and Six Nations, you could get stations from Chicago. And that's why I first heard B.B. King, and I didn't even know what kind of music it was. 
And then they said, this is K-something-something, uh, blues radio. And I went, oh, blues. Okay. And so then I went out and bought all of the blues records I could find and listened to them all and, and found my way into that genre of music because it really enticed me. I, I knew I could do it. I wanted to do it. And I forced myself to do it. And so I did it. Well, as you progressed in, in learning music and writing music, did you ever come across in real life these people that you listened to? Why, yes, I did. <laughs> I was playing a, a concert in a place called Tulalip, which is in the northern, it's called Tulalip, it's a casino, and it's on an Indian reservation down in South uh, Washington State. So I went down there, and I got a call from someone, he said, hey, would you like to open up for B.B. King and Edna James? And I went, well, yeah, what? Yes. I didn't even ask him about how much money I was involved. I didn't care. So I got to, I went to, got down there and I got to meet B.B. King. I got to go on his bus and he's like the nicest, like a grandfather. He's the nicest man you'd ever want to meet. And my parents uh, flew all the way uh, from Ontario to come. So here's the, that, my next story. I went by Etta James's trailer, and she was sitting there on the couch by herself. And I thought to myself, when am I ever in my life going to meet Etta James again? And so I, I knocked on the door, and she said, who is it? Like Etta James now. And I said, well, ma'am, uh, my name is Murray Porter. I'm a Mohawk, and I opened up the show. She goes, whoa, whoa. She goes, you're native? Well, get in here. And so when Edna James tells you to do something, you damn well better do it. Anyways, I opened up the door, and then she reached out her hand out, so I was going to shake my hand. And no, she did not do that. She pulled me down on her lap, and she gave me a big red lipstick kiss on my cheek. And she said, us brown people got to stick together. I had that lipstick on my face for three days. It was amazing. It was so amazing to to meet my idols and have them to be so nice, so beautiful, wonderful people. It was great. Mm. Yeah, what a memory to have. Yeah, yeah. Having met your met your idols, eh? Met your idols, man, yo. You know, they didn't make it overnight. They struggled to get the careers that they got. Well, you know what? B.B. King used to play 300 shows a year in different places every night. And that's how dedicated he was to the music that he went through all that just now and now look he's bb king and now sadly they both left this earth and the world is a lesser place without them well here's my connection to bb king i went to new york city one time and i ate at bb king's restaurant <laughs> <laughs> That's my connection to BB King. Did you have the ribs? Yeah. yeah. Well, good thing. One nice thing about that restaurant is there was really that the blues kind of music there. Like it was filled with music. Yeah, and great music too. Yes. And then I I did purchase the CD he did with Eric Clapton. They did the one CD together. Oh, that was yeah. a good one. Yeah. So, I mean, you joined a band early on in your career, and you started the the bar circuit, I guess you would call it, playing all over. Well, I worked, too. Yeah, and you worked, too. I worked at a construction and played. Sometimes we had did six-nighters. So I had to go to work, 
and then go to the bar till two o'clock in the morning, come home, go to bed, repeat, repeat for yeah. six days in a row. And that's why my hair looks like this now. <laughs> so when you work these six days in the daytime and then work six nights in the nighttime, was it close distance together or were you driving hours and hours? No, no, no. I, I just had to go to Brantford. It was only 35 minutes away. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah, I guess it's good. It's good. <laughs> it could be worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could be worse. So that's the life of a musician, right? That's it, man. When you love music, you just will travel wherever and go and play You'll music. You'll do anything. Yeah. yeah. Go anywhere. Get up at any time in the middle of the night to go do it. Because you love it so much, you have to play it. And if, you know, it, it's fine to play at home. You know, it's, you know, it's still fun. But if you know, when you play for people and they, they're dancing and jumping around and you, you, the energy travels back and forth between myself and the audience and so we exchange energy and it just becomes a a, a beautiful thing i can remember um one of the last times i saw you play is when you came to branford and played at the sanderson center Correct. I can't remember what year it was, but it had been just when you and Elaine had written the song about residential school. That's and right. And you played it maybe for the first time that night on the stage of the Sanderson Center. I think for people, it might have been the first time. Yeah. yeah. And I remember sitting there and listening to that, you play that song, and just the tears rolling down my face. It is such a powerful song. Yeah, I remember playing it for uh, the first time for elders too, and just seeing their, their tears. And you know how hard it is to sing when you're crying and you get that thing in your lump in your throat, and it was so hard to sing like that. But it was something I'll never forget, and I'll always remember the reaction to that song. And Elaine and I, Elaine wrote the words, and I fixed them up to make them rhyme. We had to make the words. You know, how music is sucky. Because it has to rhyme. Poetry can just be anything. But music has to rhyme. That's just a rule of thumb. So we had to fix it up. I had to fit, you know, we're, together we made the lyrics and I made it into a song. And uh, I'll never forget it. And I'll never forget the times I've played it for people and they were struck by it that they were in tears. So, you know, when you can do something like that, make people feel stuff. So that's what I always say. Um, I wanted people to be happy and mad and sad and everything, all uh, the emotions. Uh, that's what music is meant to do, to bring out the emotions of people, and I, I love doing that. So you still play the song sometimes, right, if people request it or... Oh, yeah, a lot of times. Yeah. A lot of times they do. So what are you doing? What have you been doing lately in music? The pandemic put a big damper on, on music and even the venues the some of the venues that i used to play are closed now they're kaput they're, they they couldn't handle the two years of no people two and a half and three years whatever it was and uh, so the venues are hard to find anymore so it's a real struggle so uh, you're still creating though do you tend to create every day no no i don't i'm lazy <laughs> I, I do play i do play yeah every day but uh with the pandemic and everything going on in the world it's been hard to 
create things because it's like depressing. You look yeah. around and yeah. people are struggling and there's no food for some people yeah. and it's just really hard. Yeah, the world's in a crappy place. It certainly is. More than it ever has it been. It is. Yeah. yeah. I feel that too. Yeah. You know, and then you got that stupid, you got number 45 there that I don't want to even say his name. Well, you know, I'm just saying it, what happens over there affects us over here. No question of, no, no, you know, that's the way it is. When you're feeling blue, just as you said about the blues, if you're feeling, do you just kind of get up in the morning and yeah. tickle the ivories and does it help you feel better? It does make me feel better. It makes me feel better. It, it, uh, it, it makes me, um, I don't know how to say it. It gets it takes a weight off. We all are, have gone through a pandemic, a global, yes. and it's affected it affected us all in some way or another. Exactly. But thank goodness for musicians and for music. Yes. Because if we didn't have music, especially during those times, can you imagine music not being here? Imagine watching a movie with no music in it, or like it's just people don't realize what a big effect it does have. Because without it, then what do you got? You got nothing. During the pandemic, I would listen to sometimes, um, what's that guy's name? Kevin Bacon. Oh, yeah. He would play his guitar with these goats. Yes. <laughs> I just thought that was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do and agree with that. he still plays his guitar. Well, I tried to learn piano. I took a couple lessons. And no, I think... It's just something you have to have the gift for. Like, I just think it's like that. My sister took lessons. Couldn't. She just didn't have the thing. She just didn't have the gift for it. And some of us do have that gift. I was just on a, a show recently for Gary Farmer called Resident Alien. And we, we had a blues band. And it was myself, and Derek Miller, Shakti Hayes, and my friend, Richard Brown. I was typecast. I played a blues piano player. It was really fun. We basically did karaoke to the song that we already recorded before. So it was good. It was cool. You should check it out, Resident Alien. I'm not sure when it's going to air, but we'll find out. Oh, we'll yeah. let you know. Oh, yeah. I, it, what... Is it on APTN? No. CTV. It's on CTV. No? Oh, CTV. Okay. Yeah, it's a network show. Yeah. Eric and I will watch out for it. <laughs> okay, well, I'll let you know. Yeah. I don't know exactly when it's going to air yet, but we'll find out. So what else is going on with you these days? Well, not much. Like I said, it's been a rough time. There's no place to play. So I, I tickle the ivories once in a while, and I'm about to... Bark on a journey of writing a new album. This is my next, uh, this is what I'm doing next. So I, uh, I'm going to write a bunch of new songs and hopefully so when, see they'll turn out. When you decide you're going to do a new album, how many albums have you done now? Oh, geez. I that you've completed. Like four, to four total. Like oh, I, yeah. I don't like to just throw songs out there. I want every song to be in itself a really good song. Not just throw some stuff together. Yeah. I want to make it an album that yeah. says something and means something. So will you have like a theme for this album? Do you start out with a theme? 
or do you just write songs? No, I just write individual songs, and sometimes they gather themselves into a theme. I just write the songs individually. I don't think about an actual theme. That that's not the way I work. I just write individual songs, and sometimes I don't. They seem to work together, and they they have their own theme. But that's how it comes together somehow. I just write them individual songs. So, what's your process? What would you have? Do you go through a certain process when you sit down to work? It's it varies. Sometimes it's a lyric. Sometimes it's a little catchy phrase or a musical phrase. It's always different each time. I don't have a set way to do it. Sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night and have to write down lyrics. Thank God for cell phones, because I can sing a little tune into my cell phone, so I won't forget it. Because by the time I wake up, I would forget it. So that that helps. They're good for that. They had. It happens quite a bit where you, it, in the middle of the night, all of a sudden something comes to you, and thank goodness I can write, now write it down or say it into my phone or keep that that little tune or in my head and keep it alive so I can work on it later. So have you ever collaborated with different people from different genres of music? Like rappers? Have you ever collaborated with a rapper, for instance? I did some rapper. Yeah, I did yeah? that. What was that like? I did a, a, a friend guy. His name is Curtis Clearsky. And he came over and he said, look, I got this. Can you help me? And so I started doing this little thing and he he was oh man that's it that's it i need it that's what we want and it was boom and he and, and i got to be on his album and the song's called turtle island wow and i got the i was the guy that sang the he did the rap and i did the singing okay so it, it turned out to be a real you have to check it out turtle island yeah i'll check yeah. it out yeah so that was my first rap experience okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's great who else have you collaborated with? Oh, geez. Uh, I, can't, I can't even count how many people I've collaborated with. But in, in songwriting, not so much. It's all about me. Sometimes it relates to words and my music. And Other than that, no, that's it. Just me and her. Mm. I always thought you sounded a bit like Elton John. Did you ever think that you sounded similar? I, you know how many times? Do you know how many times? Yeah, people have probably told me a that? lot. A, yeah, a thousand times. I always thought that early on. But then, I don't even hear it. I don't no. hear it myself, but everyone else hears it. Yeah. Do you think about the way music is going in the world? We've had a lot of really milestones, yeah. eh? Rap. Whoever thought rap would be a thing? I don't know. <laughs> and <laughs> not me. That's for sure. No, and music has really changed with the electronics now, electronic music. What do you think about all that? Yeah, I think it's crap. No, I don't mean it like that. People have to play actual instruments, not just beats and stuff. It's actual instruments. Play the guitar, play the piano, play the drums, not mechanical stuff like real instruments and that, that makes all the difference in the world to me to play an actual real instrument with your hands and your feet you know what i'm saying but remember in the 80s when disco came out a lot of people didn't like disco but it had its time I've, 
freaking hated disco. <laughs> but disco had its <sighs> time. And then, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Even the Rolling Stones yeah. played disco. It was a thing. It was a thing. Yeah. And so you had to follow the trend. Otherwise, nobody's going to buy your record. So I never did it, though. I couldn't do it. It was just, I didn't like it. It was too repetitive with the boom, 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 boom. I hated that. I just, I wanted real instruments, real music. And I had to live through it. And I made it through the other side. <laughs> you survived disco. You got to get a T-shirt. I think so bad. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, with, um, uh, well, country, you know, country music, it's it's had its, um, you know, there's real country. Ahead, it's up and down. Yeah, it's back downs. again. It, it's never going anywhere because it's a real, it's like the blues. It's a real form of music. It's story but then they telling. go and, I don't know, go and they make it all, it's like there's two types of country, right? There's the, real country and now there's this rock and roll yeah. country with the horns and i don't find that as a country music i don't like it that way i like the old way with hank williams and all those guys and charlie pride yeah. and they were real country like yeah. it. but now it's just all the genres are all merged together and so country rock jam it, it's all together now and it is what it is what are you gonna yeah. do it is what it is. What about the um, music shows like American Idol and The Voice? Do you think that's a really good way to give people opportunity to be seen? And I find it's, it's a good way to be seen and it's, it's fine and everything. But the, the, the thing I found is that very few of the people who win those things go on to big music careers. Kelly Clarkson and others, mostly because they're just singing cover songs on the show. And so when you have to make an album, it has to be your own songs. It's a, a necessary evil, I would put it. So with your new album you're going to write, how long do you think it's going to, like when do you think you're going to be able to put that out? Well, I would say it would be at least six months before I even get the songs written. And then recording it, and, but I got some good people uh, to record with, and my guitar player has his old studio, and his wife is my bass player, and she's how old? Then? Seventy-nine. She's seventy-nine years old, and she kicks butt. <laughs> well, all the good ones like Bonnie Raitt—they're oh, still yeah, playing man. music. Jody Mitchell. Jody Mitchell yeah. still. Joni Mitchell, yeah. yeah. There's no age limit on um, talent. No, right? there is not. Well, that's really good that you're going to be writing a new album. We're going to look out for that. Yeah. And okay. have you ever written music for, for like, um, film? Uh, you just said Gary Farmer's, um, you're in, in that film. But, I mean, score music. No, I didn't. Uh, my music is going to be for me. It did the Gary Farmer thing, but that was a song that, uh, it was a cover song, one of Gary's own songs, uh, that myself and Derek Miller and Shakti Hayes and Richard Brown, we put the music together for it in the studio. And to have those three people, Gary's a lucky man to have us. <laughs> we made the songs into something. He just had basically lyrics 
and he had worked with Derek a bit, and so then we just made him into real songs, and it actually turned out really good. Mm, that's good. So yeah. uh, you're missing corn soup, living all the way out there? Yeah, man. We <laughs> Sometimes we get people to bring us corn from home so yeah. we can have our own corn. Yeah. Yeah, really, pack it in their suitcase and bring it because we can't get it out here. And wow. so we have corn soup from time to time. We've got <laughs> dried corn, good. too. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so we're not that far away from it. We even had a little cornbread. <sighs> Somebody brought us cornbread. It was it was only this big, oh, yeah. slightly bigger than a hockey puck. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gotta have our corn soup for sure. Yeah. Man. So how often do you get home, Murray, to Six Nations? Never. I've been two and a, almost three years now. Elaine's yeah. gone four, four, five times, but I had to stay back every time I had, it was the chance. I had to do a gig, or I had this to do. I had to do Gary Farmer's thing. So I didn't get a chance to go back. Elaine went back five times. But she got to see my mom and dad, and her dad, and all my sister, my brother, and all that. So I was living vicariously, I guess, really. <laughs> yeah. Well, you probably can FaceTime with people at home, right? And visit by visit that yeah, way. Yeah, we do that, yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. It makes it, at least you can see them and talk like you're talking to them. Yeah, Not really sure. the same, but. Yeah, better than nothing. Yeah, better than nothing for sure. That's my Indian name. Did you know that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you just get your Indian name? <laughs> yes. Yeah, they just gave it to me yesterday. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> mm. Well, what else can we talk about? You got anything else you that's been on your mind? You want to tell the listeners of our podcast? I would like to say that uh, the world's gone crazy. <laughs> Maybe that's your next song you're gonna write. And uh, yeah, and oh, and I'm and I'm going with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, how about a song instead? Yeah. You want me to play a tune? Yeah, play right. play us a tune. Hello, one, hello, two, Man's got red blues, all right. 
lost my job and my woman left. She took all of my stuff. She left town with my best friend. And if that wasn't enough, she took my dog and my guitar too. All she left me was a case of the blue. The for joining us on our podcast i think the listeners are really gonna love this episode i hope so i had to get up before noon <laughs> to do it yeah the musician's life eh <laughs> that's it man yeah Yo. okay well, the, 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 the nice thing about being a musician is you, you go to bed when you're tired and wake up when you're not tired anymore yeah that, that's a great way to live. Stress-free. It is, man. Yeah, for sure. Okay, well, thanks for joining us, and I really yes. appreciate it. You, I, I really liked our visit. It's been so long. You know, that, I know, man. Yeah, we'll have to visit more. Okay. Yes, right. 
Yahweh and Eric well, wants. Onagawahi. Uh, Murray. Yeah. Eric wants to say bye. Ona. Ona. This has been the Ohate Negasuna, the Road to Your Name podcast series. There are 10 episodes in this podcast series. Let's meet again on the next episode. If you would like to learn more about our organization, Aboriginal Legal Services, and the programs and services we provide, please visit us at our website, www.aboriginallegal.ca. And if you feel inclined and would like to make a donation, you can click on the word donate located at the top of the homepage of our website. You can also visit us on Facebook at Road to Your Name. This has been the Ohate Negasuna, the Road to Your Name podcast series. Yo.